Right, good evening. We are the next episode of Racket, coming back live from the studio. Uh, good evening, we are in Jeff and with Ross and Adam. Hi. Hi, Jeff. Hi, welcome. And uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome someone that I've actually worked with in the past. Uh, he's not a sound engineer, he's an audio engineer. We're going to go into the difference in a bit. But good evening, Matt Knapp, welcome. Hello. Hello, thank you for being with us. It's such My a pleasure. pleasure. Thanks Absolute for pleasure going. to have you. Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to see you, Matt. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So first, uh, just to start off, basically, um, a lot of people we've interviewed in the, in the past have uh, started off as musicians. Yeah. So we're kind of hoping that maybe you, you're not one of those. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry to disappoint yeah, you. No, no, <laughs> it's the same, isn't it? Pretty much all the people everyone, who start as a musician everyone. and then go, oh, this is shit, let me get... That, well, no, no, mine, mine wasn't quite like that, actually, because um, I, I was brought up by a musician, so a lot of, uh, a lot of my growing up was spent uh, going on kind of small tours with my dad and... Um, and so the problem with me was he was, he's a fucking brilliant uh, guitarist. And he's so a bit of a luthier as well, right? Huh? He's, he's made a few instruments too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's made a few. And, um, but all through my life, <clears throat> he'd play these amazing gigs and people would come up and say, oh, that was a really good, really good, man. That was really good. So I think my idea of what uh, a really good kind of standard of music is, is a lot higher than maybe a lot of other people is and but it also made me feel very unlike a musician because i was not that good so i it didn't the bug didn't really catch me like that okay. as it were so also two double double edged questions so just to give our listeners a sort of time era uh firstly what instrument were we, we you were playing but also what sort of era what did you grow up in what were your sort of influences in trying when you were trying to make a band and be so the next big be, thing uh, that'd be grunge grunge you know, yeah. 90s, oh, that's pretty cool. 90s did grunge, you have a flannel but shirt also, but also uh as i spent a lot of that time in east london and so the drum and bass scene was was very big and you know kind of worked with my mentality mm -hmm. so I had a really loads of classic instrument stuff and then loads of dance music that was and the cultures that went with both of them but I played guitar but again never to a very good standard I, I used it more as a um a weapon <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a weapon of oral destruction. <laughs> and, uh, so, but then the older I got, the more I enjoyed playing in a band, um, and I still do. Um, but I'd, I'd never do it to be famous because uh, you know it's just not me, and I never would be. And uh, but I do it because I love it. Whereas. Uh, my work, I I absolutely adore, and it's made me a better musician. And being a musician has made me better at doing sound. But um, but there is is it's more of a stable life, and um, it, which is odd, I know. <laughs> but um, but I'm not a touring engineer. I've got family, and it pays enough for me to look after my family and live in Brighton and, and live in Brighton and, and do the things that I love. Um, so 
I've lost the thread of it. But... So I'll tell you what then, let's, because um, uh, I've known you for, well, I was trying to work this out actually. The, uh, the first mm. time we met, we were doing... Um, oh, the dome. Yeah, no, no, the, the, um, um, uh, yeah, the one with the dome. Proud. Uh, yes, that's it, Boom. the cabaret venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember you, you, you were, um, your wife was just about to drop at that point, and I remember the look on your face, and that's one of the things that made me so scared when I found out my wife was pregnant. <laughs> Just, but then equally, you know, it's, uh, yeah, seeing how, how you took to it like a Dr. Ward, that was a, that was a lovely thing. So anyway, we do go <coughs> way back, but um, in the long uh, car journeys, van journeys back from shows, you have shared a, a, a bit of your story. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that you had a life before me, but you did, and uh, that's quite interesting, because it wasn't always sound, was it? Nope, nope. Started off in a. <clears throat> excuse me. Would you like some water? <coughs> I'd love some. Well, we've got beer, so <laughs> that, yeah, that would be equally as good. <laughs> Probably safer. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I started in um, after school. I left school early. What age was that? Sixteen or sixteen? Hmm. Just after my, <clears throat> just after GCSEs. And I fell into a company that did TV and uh, uh, film, a hire company. And so spent about 10 years doing that. Started off, uh, you know, making plugs, basically, for kidding. I got given a box with a bunch of plugs in and told to wire it. First day, I did a 18-hour day because I did my full day at work. And then they had a, a shoot on that night. So I went and did that. And I really loved the um, the life of it. I loved, right. I loved that. The, but I didn't love video. But, but you know, as a, as a young kid, I didn't know any better. <laughs> paid me a lot, you know, paid me a decent amount of money. Hmm. Um, and got to do some pretty crazy things yeah. as a teenager with money in yeah. London <laughs> <It's dangerous>. <laughs> working in the media industry in the 90s oh well. um, we, we've heard tales and yeah just you know just just had a ball but it was I, I did realize after about six seven years that <laughs> I didn't a little while I didn't love it you know it there was something missing. Yeah, it wasn't my passion. And, and a lot of what I did with um, with the shoots was go out as the sound engineer because there's loads of cameramen. So there's a really, I thought, well, this is an easier thing to do. But it was really minimal. But it meant I got to go to uh, Pinewood and do some training at Pinewood and learn the old Nagras and stuff like that. So that was really, that, that was good. And again, with being brought up with a musician, for some reason, I never really thought about the sound engineer you know it was about the musicians and the, and the band and so it never never kind of clicked with me that this was a job that was something <laughs> i could do you know it just and there weren't there weren't the courses around that there are nowadays you know there was nothing like that it was just bands going around on tour and i was doing a similar thing being video and um and I think, yeah, God, you, you know, I worked work my way up through, I think by the end of it, I'm pretty, I was definitely the youngest broadcast, so broadcast engineer is pretty much what I do now with audio, but with video. I was, I was definitely the youngest broadcast engineer in the UK working, definitely, more than likely Europe. Nice. And, um, you know, I was, 
I was being sent fucking around the world, man. Wow. I, was, I was like 20, tw yeah, not even 20, and running crews of guys like 30, 40, doing these fucking crazy shoots. Well, they you know. must have had some respect for you, obviously. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, there was some difficult, you know, periods, but... Um, well, 10 years, the, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're not doing a good job, they'd have found out before... Yeah, and... <laughs> before and, that 10 years was And up. the company that I, I joined uh, grew pretty exponentially over that time, and they're still a big, big company and do, right. do loads of stuff. And um, <clears throat> but, um, but essentially, for all the all the lovely bits I, I didn't love it and i thought <laughs> and i woke up and i thought i can't i can't do this for the next fucking 40 years man i just i, I just can't do it what so, was it essentially about it that sort of was it just not in your heart or yeah so you you know like like all you guys i'm sure you, i don't i don't do the work i do now because it leads to a affluent life or something i do it primarily because i love it yeah, and yeah. i can't do okay. anything else you know and the people that do video and make programs they have that same love but for a, a basically a different bandwidth you know and sure. and, and i can't i Man, like gigs, I don't even fucking notice the lights, mate. I'm, I'm just, just not, it's just not part of my spectrum. It's funny spectrum. that audio and lampers have such a, a love-hate relationship. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, love what water, they, I love what they do. I just don't notice it, you know. I'm just, but, but they're lovely people. I think they say people. the same about <laughs> audio engineers, you know. It's, um, yeah, and so, and, it, and I, and I realised quite, I guess quite young, because I, I didn't do all the college -y stuff until later, so I didn't have any of that in my life. And I'd m moved around lots, and I just thought, oh, this this isn't for me. And uh, so I quit, handed me resignation in. And dumb, uh, dumb. went freelance for a year or so, and then thought, fuck it, I want to travel <laughs> the world and <laughs> to play guitar properly. So I did. And Brilliant. Then, uh, oh, this is the point where we're going to accuse him of being a hippie. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> no, okay. on that note. So... <laughs> on that note. <laughs> so You'll like this, Jeff. Technically, I am a third-generation hippie. Right? Hey, my, my granddad, I've got uh, uh, newspaper articles from like the 1960s when he was on a coral island in, um, in Israel, uh, crowned king of the hippies because he was like 60 <laughs> at that fucking time <laughs> anyway no not quite that old and uh the old and but the problem is like i was born on a commune in wales to my parents who are hippies my only problem is i fucking love science <laughs> and 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 I hear I hear the way hippies talk, and I think, yeah, that's great, but you've got the wrong end of the stick here because, like you know, all this uh, energy chakras, chakras and stuff. Man, I do that in I do that in my job. That's what I do. I fucking flood the environment with energy but it's 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 not and it's not the same thing that they're sure. talking about <laughs> but 
probably born. They they just need to learn the better language, I think, for it. Hmm. So I am a hippie, hmm. but I'm not a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met. I remember you came to do a, a Earth Spirit Festival to yeah, help me out, to engineer, fun. and you were that the only lovely. engineer that wanted to go to a hippie festival. <laughs> but it was a good laugh. It was such a pleasure having you there. Oh, it was great fun. I remember it. It was many, many years ago. Mm. Yeah. So Fine before we though. skip on, I wanted to ask you with the bands that you were, were in, did you have any uh, silly band names? Because there's a lot of floating about yep yep totally still in my one with a stupid name actually no we changed it so i think it, <laughs> i think it's pretty cool now uh so when, when i was younger i was in a band that i can't remember what it was called who's emily that's right <laughs> still don't know the answer to the question and it was shit we were shit you know i'm still not great but but i you know we just weren't very good and then um but then I've only had one band, and I love my band, and we're still all together. I wanted to call us the High Men, but um, they thought that was a bit weird, so they called it Jerk in the Rat, which I thought was a bit weird. <laughs> then we went to JTR. Then we found out when we went to release the album, we we finally typed type JTR into the uh, internet, <laughs> and it's a Swedish boy band. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, we just couldn't live with it, so <laughs> so we're just called the Rat now. The rat, oh, yeah, yeah which is it. probably the best thing we could have, uh, you yeah. know, after much deliberation. High men's not bad either. I thought that was great. Double entendre with Hyman. So we, we've got a bit of a gap um, up to um, uh, when we uh, first sort of uh, met. So there's there's yeah. there's that bit of time there. What what were you doing? So um, so I went travelling and. Did what I set out to do, which was, you know, try and learn the guitar a bit better, and uh, and to get away from it and and just just head off. And then those, I did a lot of building work because you know there's lots of building work around the world, and it's easy, you know, getting jobs and to work. But in the in the travels, I met a <laughs> met <laughs> met met who's. One of my best mates who then married my auntie, so now technically he's my uncle. Which <laughs> 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 is a bit, a bit peculiar, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, he, uh, we, through the course, uh, where were we? In, we were in Australia, and here's DJ, and uh, we thought, well, we want to put on parties, um, but we had absolutely no money. And we thought, well, we'll do free parties. Um, we won't charge anyone, but we can't pay for anything. So we had to get everything in for for nothing, which for the most part worked really, really fantastically. And because I played music and as a DJ, we wanted to, you know, incorporate both live music and DJs. We got everything for free. And um, except for bloody sound engineers no no one wanted to do it for nothing Wait, you say they're not free yeah <laughs> right. imagine that i'm just spin this back on you matt would you come and work this gig for me for free <laughs> not a fucking chance <laughs> you, can play, you can play your instrument <laughs> and so um so i ended up doing it and and i enjoyed it 
and and I wanted wanted to do more of it. Anyway, we we went around a few countries and did that, you know, just travelled around, put on parties, had a ball, and uh, got back. And the idea was we would save work in England, save some money, go back to South Africa, Cape Town, and you know, really go and just spend our life putting parties on. It is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Cape it, Town. I've got to you say. know, true, truly brilliant place, and. Um, that didn't work out. He married my aunt, <laughs> and uh, and and you know, just we were stoners, so it didn't didn't happen. But but in that, I started doing open mic nights, and again, uh, you know, we we managed to get free stuff. But but the difference was, I put a bloody monitor <laughs> there. And it really took off. And actually, we ended up doing these open mic nights for a couple of years, and people fucking loved it, man, and and kept coming in and and because they could hear themselves. So, but that was really good. So I got to mix a load of you know just voice voice and guitar or or keyboards, or, you know, just really fucking shit stuff. Really, just working with nothing. Then. Um, and then I was working on building sites and they bought bloody tickets in that say, so, you know, you can't work on a building site. I thought, fuck, I don't, I don't want to go and... If I've got to go and do some education, um, I, I don't want to fucking do that. I, w- I want to do something that I love and I wanted to learn more about producing music. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up just uh, doing a degree on it. And, um, and while I started that, the Albert, um, the pub underneath the station. Yeah, um, Will came came and played at a couple of the open mic nights, and I just said, "Oh, hey, you know, if if you ever need an engineer, you know, let me know." He's still asking the same question. This yeah. must be twenty five <laughs> years later. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, and he he said, "Oh, you know, what are you doing on Saturday?" That's, <laughs> so, that's about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I went down and. I was, I was there for a good few years, and when I started, I mean, it was it wasn't good, man. I mean, it was a fucking mono, mono, you know, the the all in one unit PV yeah. fucking systems. <laughs> that right with these. So it's <laughs> pre TMS four in there. Was no, it? no, I think the TMS fours had just turned up, but it right. was still being run. No, was it? No, it was. It yeah. was before the TMS fours, wasn't it? I, I remember those going. And in, then, so, um, yeah. and then through. So, but through that period, I, I, you know, really did it. Really loved it, and uh, he, I kept trying to encourage him to, you know put more into it and, you know, put a budget aside to invest in it. And they never really did, but they did, but they didn't, you know, they could have. Anyway, I think by the time I left, actually, it was one of the best venues in Brighton. I think we always say it still is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those, and it it got me, I think over the period, I think I must have mixed about 3,000 different bands. Wow. Totally you know, That's right from number. fucking avant-garde mm. shit to full-on electronica punk. <laughs> to punk to metal to rock. Sometimes go jumping for not even uh, an evening of rock, you know, your folk guitarist into full-on metal punk, you know. It's like, what the... <laughs> but I re- really got to know my stuff, did my degree, and then I was building in the daytime and then mixing in the evening and... 
and it was just so crazy. And and then um, and it hit a point where I met you um, because Simon, uh, I've met Simon, and he wanted a hand on that, and that's where I met Sticks. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, actually, I met Sticks a couple of years before. Mm. <laughs> For those that don't know Sticks, obviously, he's like six foot four, tall, loud, Australian, uh, with really long kind of skinny hair. And, <laughs> yeah, long hair on most of his yeah, head. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, was, I was mixed in the Albert and there was this guy standing there and at the end of it he's like oh nice mix mate and I was like oh cheers buddy then he came back a couple of days later and uh, he was like oh yeah I really liked it Um, and they were talking about doing this venue and getting it and he you know give me your number and I get never heard a fucking word from him (laughs) (laughs) until I turned up outside, (laughs) outside the fucking pool room and I was like hello but now you know, one of my best mates and yeah. one of my mentors mm. and, uh, you know, oh. inspirations, definitely. But then I met you and then any, and then I ended up just doing much more. I, I stopped building and then did mm. sound. So I finished my degree and I was starting to do touring, but um, then my missus got pregnant. I don't know how, but <laughs> it happened. <laughs> And then uh, you were there. Was I? <laughs> it, was, it was so fast. I can't quite remember. <laughs> Four <minutes>. was, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, um, and I thought, well, you know, fucking, that's my career over. Uh, you know, <laughs> right there, just just as you try and make your way. Um, well, but, sorry, but let me stop. Where were you at this point? You said touring because you just finished your degree, and, uh, and but during your degree, you were doing sound engineering. Yeah. So you were offered a tour, and and so yeah, I, I, I did. It was, there was a couple of Brighton bands that I did some, uh, started doing some uh, national tours with, and but then when my missus got pregnant. I was I was brought up by my dad, and I never wanted to be a dad that wasn't there for my kids. You know, it it was really important for me. So that that it wasn't even a question. So I was like, well, I, I can't. I obviously can't do touring anymore. I'll stick with the building and carry on doing. You know, working at the Albert, doing doing the evenings. But then, then you know, magic happened, and. Uh, and that took, made the distinction into audio engineering as opposed to just being a sound engineer. Uh, so when we were moving, because uh, obviously we we only had a little flat, uh, we found a, a house that had a studio in the back garden. And um, so was it already a studio? It was already a oh, studio. No, I didn't realise oh. because um, the people. And it was it was out of our price range, man. And uh, but we happened to meet the people who were there, and obviously he and she, who are now you know firm friends, um, worked in the industry. She is a voiceover artist, and he was uh, or is Indian rope man who did a lot of stuff for um, uh, what's his name, the famous DJ Norman Cook. All right, did a lot of stuff with him. So he had built this studio for him to work in. And they were pregnant with their first child as well. And uh, 
and and we just got on really well and we we knew some people so you know behind we did a deal basically that allowed us to move into there which gave me access to this studio so i could i could do some stuff sounds like a bit of a godsend yeah it was it was and uh you know as i say you know our, our um, two daughters are, are still really good mates and and they're they're friends um and they wanted to move on so so anyway so i i had the studio and um got a couple of paid jobs um which was great because it it kind of you know I'd, because i couldn't because i didn't get into it young because i didn't you know i couldn't i couldn't work at I couldn't go and work at like a, a warehouse, like a you know, a lot of kids nowadays are going mm -hmm. work in warehouse, and because they're working in companies that are supplying these big tours, they get to go on these big tours, gain the experience, get to meet the people. Da 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 da. I couldn't do that. I had a mortgage to pay. <laughs> you know, I, I had I, I I could not go and do that, and I was I could earn money doing building work, um, and and supplement my. And supplement the music as well and, and doing that so I, I found a you know I always said if I could earn a grand a month doing sound man I'm a success because that's <laughs> enough to fucking live on you know and uh, and I, I found myself at that point and and I was like well you know so so blessed and then um, I d it got to a a point where I thought maybe I could focus on the sound a bit more and look because I'm getting older and my body's giving you know building works hard work hard you know? work and I, I can't imagine how people do that stuff yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it, it wow. wears you man it, it wears you and um, once once just to you know fix your own house but doing it every day for a job yeah you know, it's, it's hard hat off <laughs> it's, it, it gets to you it does get to you so so I just Chatted with my missus and, and we figured I could probably stop doing the building work and, and build up doing sound stuff. So I decided to and literally about two, three days later, I got a phone call from Sticks, and he had this massive job on doing this uh, installation. And I think oddly my mix of music knowledge sound knowledge audio knowledge and building work on building sites and just uh -huh. knowledge of practicality wow. yeah funny how that works uh, you know was, in a hippie environment you yeah know? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it it just panned out so karma baby that's <laughs> it man that's it and and that that there is the difference between an audio engineer and a sound engineer. So a sound engineer essentially engineers pressure waves in a musical environment. An audio engineer engineers audio in all its different energetic states. So whether that's a, a digital signal building a system that's going to sit in there i'm not mixing a band i'm 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 <clears throat> thinking about the problems that might arise if it's not done in that, a particular that's way. it i mean yeah. it's the name engineer says it all people people have an idea but you need an engineer to make that idea into a reality 
And so, <clears throat> and because I'm not just dealing with the pressure wave side of it, it's it's different. I'm not I'm not right. just the sound. I think that makes sense, it. even to me. So <laughs> you've done really well then. I've, I think I've learned something today. You know, and I, th I think that's a great thing for anyone that's listening that wants to you know break into this industry. Yeah. Don't worry if you're not doing something you you know particularly like. If you're if you're learning, these skills will will be transferable at some point. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and also message diversified, as you said. You know, the, all the different bits you can do. Yeah, I mean, every now I and mean, again, there might be a pandemic, and you might have to go and do some building work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. It's um, <clears throat> and 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 I think you know our our industry is fucking on its knees at the moment. Obviously, compared to what it was, it, it's it's it's. And it, and it is, I'd say crouching, ready to jump back. <laughs> it is, and, and, and I think that's the point. the 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 only reason it's red, it, it's it's even in a crouched position, is because of the type of people that work in the industry are the type of people that can adapt easily to mm -hmm. sudden changes in situations. Because because it fucking happens all the time in mm. our job. No, oh, especially if you're doing if you're you know gig work, like for example, when you're at the um, Albert there. You know, there, there might be a quiet week. Well, you know, you, you cannot you cannot rely on it, um, especially when you're starting out. So it's very yeah. important to make sure you have as many strings to your bow as you can get. Absolutely. And, and all of them will <clears throat> make you better at what you want to do. Hmm. Yeah, because as you, as you just said, Jeff, the, the cross... The crossover in knowledge is, is, is ubiquitous, man. So, yeah, we've been racket, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode. Uh, Roadies and crew, keeping escalators tilted. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>